Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's hard-hitting Axis Arrows. Learn more about Easton's cutting-edge and fused carbon arrow technology today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, editor Christian Burr. Welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we are glad that you've taken some of your time to learn a little bit more about this sport that we all love. I'm kicking back here at Peterson's Bowhunting Headquarters with my feet up on a cold February day, but today I am thinking spring and I'm thinking turkey, and my guest on this beautiful bluebird winter day is none other than the master of knock and roll, host of Knock On Television, Seen only on the Sportsman Channel, Mr. John Dudley. Dud, what is going on, brother? I don't know. I feel like I need to like run out of a you know some kind of a big like billboard and like tear through it with that intro right there. Yeah, I feel like it's like game day right now. I feel like I need to like have my face painted up or something and. Yeah, like you do on the billboard that's down the road from my house near the Cabela store. And I was telling John the other day, we were driving by, and I said to my wife, hey, there's John Dudley on that billboard. And she was like, oh, well, you're not that big of a deal because you don't have a billboard like John Dudley. So thanks a lot, dude, for making me look like a peewee in my own house. Well, I apologize for that. It's actually not face paint. It's just graffiti. But, uh, you know, as long as they do it the right way, it still looks pretty good. Well, congratulations on the new show, Knock On TV. You guys debuted New Year's Eve night, and uh, you've been getting a lot of good response. People are digging the knock and roll lifestyle, aren't they? I know. Well, I'm really, really, really pumped with the feedback, to be honest with you, just because, you know, I'm not really, I'm not setting out to be a, you know, the next uh, big thing for TV, but I do see the, the television show as a really good platform to try to help make make people better and, you know, teach some different shooting techniques and stuff that I typically do through my coaching and and just involve the everyday, you know, like you said, knock and roll lifestyle. I mean, it's, it's what we do. We're bow hunters. We love it. And I think uh, more and more, people are just becoming lifers they're not just the weekend warriors i mean there's just so many guys that are taking their equipment serious and taking their shooting serious and you know they're they're doing it all year long and not just you know five days before season starts when they run into a bow shop to get a bow and and get going and you know and that's really what we're all about is trying to use you know the off season to become better hunters because that's you know, really, that's the only reason I've ever competed was I just wanted to be more proficient as a bow hunter. So, you know, I think that message is coming across, and, you know, I think people dig it. It's something different. So thanks to everyone who's who's been super supportive. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You guys have some, some pretty sick, you know, hunting scenarios on the show, and you've got good tech talk, tech talk uh, segments in there, some good shooting tips and advice, and... Uh, I was watching an episode the other night, like, did you and Darren kill, like, 
two monster bucks out of the same ladder stand on the same field, like in the same day. I was like, are they, where are they? They, that they, was have, a... they have them things tied up. <laughs> that was actually the same, yeah, same stand, same night. But what was crazy is my other buddy's buck was the night before that. And see, what was crazy is he called me and he said, dude, I got three really cool bucks that are like a bachelor group and they're all coming to this alfalfa field and you know of course any of our any of us our natural reaction would be like well when can we come you know and he just said well here's the deal you can come if you film me because this one is a giant if you come and film me shoot mine then if any of the other ones come out you can shoot yours so you know i'm like done deal so i went and you know ended up filming him shoot like a 170 the night before and what's funny is he actually passed up my buck my buck came out and walked right past him and i mean my buck was a great buck i mean it was 150 inch eight point and i was like you know what in the heck you know that's a that's a pretty risky chance to take but he had just done so much preseason scouting he knew when these things were coming out and you know, he waited and he ended up shooting, you know, that 170. And then literally the next night, to be honest with you, the next night I thought, well, after as much ruckus and hoo hollering and all kinds of noise we were making with his buck, I figured, you know, that, that deal was over. But sure enough, the next night, you know, my buck came right back out and just did the exact same thing, came out of this one trail and fed along that narrow alfalfa field, and I smoked that thing. And then I told, you know, my camera guy, you know, dude, let's switch spots. There was one other buck here. Let's just take our chances. And sure enough, like 10 minutes before light, that thing came out. So, I mean, we had like, I don't know, 450 inches of buck down, you know, whitetail down in full velvet in like, you know, two nights. So it was just insane never never happened again but it was it was fun to to have it happen once in my life that's how dudley rolls people we can't hang with him well some people say i've got a horseshoe but you know i I, i'm just squeezing as long as i can to keep that thing wherever it is because that was nothing but luck but but i'll take it what's funny is i actually i just wrote an article about uh training to be, to improve your bow hunting success and uh you know and and in that we talk about the importance of training and preparation and you know what's when i grew up one of my one of my best coaches in football always told us that being lucky was all about being prepared for when that moment one moment presented itself that's what being lucky is so you know i'll i'll take it if someone tells me i'm lucky because if I'm lucky, that means I was prepared for, for that moment of luck. So, you know, that's really what it was all about, just having all your stuff together for for when that moment happens, and that was my moment. Well, speaking of getting prepared, you and I are starting to get prepared for a little bit of turkey hunting, and, geez, I'm hoping to be out in the great state of Iowa at your place here in about, I don't know, I guess it's almost – exactly two months from now we're going to be chasing chasing longbeards in iowa and uh kind of an interesting story in itself because you kind of floored me this past summer you like called me up one day and you're like dude i just i just 
sold my place in Wisconsin. I'm moving to Iowa. I'm tired of living in a state where you can only kill one buck a year. And you like just picked up and moved and got yourself a piece of ground and found some pretty nice whitetail hunting and lots of turkeys. And I got to come out and check that spread out. What, what can I expect to find when I get out there to corn country? Well, I think, uh, at least in this area, I think what you'll find is, uh, you know, a lot of crops and, and limited cover. And, you know, to be honest with you, uh, it's good for two things. It's good for, well, it's probably good for three things. It's good for the farmers, but it's good for deer hunters and turkey hunters. That's what it's good for. Cause, uh, you know, hunting turkeys in big timber sometimes can get tricky. We all know that. But, uh, you know, when they're, when they're somewhat consolidated and limited on where they can go, uh, if you've got good numbers of turkeys, which we're actually flourishing, uh, in turkey numbers around here, you know, and honestly, I guess for the, for the cost of non-resident tags, I can see why. Um, hey man, it only but, cost me like two hundred and thirty-six dollars for a chance to be in the lottery, you know. I know. I mean, That's I uh, expensive butterballs out there in Iowa, people. Man, I know they are. It's it's getting it's getting bad for a turkey, you know. But the thing is, it's it's really really a different type of uh, terrain here in the central part of Iowa. What's funny about Iowa as a as a whitetail state? is it's really diverse. I mean, when I, when I saw the property up in like the northeastern part of Iowa, which is, was close to my place in Wisconsin, it, you know, it was big timber and river bottom timber. And, you know, it was there, obviously there's agriculture and stuff, but then once, once, uh, once I kind of came to the center of the state, which is actually where I used to hunt, um, you know, Every year that I hunted Iowa until this year, I always hunted with some really good friends of mine who own some property towards the center of Iowa. And, I mean, it's literally like nothing until you get to, you know, just this Des Moines River Basin. Uh, And, you know, and it was really good hunting because the deer are just super concentrated. Once those crops come out, they just get forced into the timber. And, obviously, with turkeys... It's the same. They got a roost in a tree, so you know. So you're telling me, like, on your whole farm, you got like 400 turkeys, and they're all roosting on the five-acre woodlot in the middle, and even a guy like me is going to be able to kill one. Yeah, well, most of them roost on the top of your blind. <laughs> That's where I need them. But I have a few that that actually take the trees. But yeah, you know, I don't think we're going to see 400. But I, you know, I know that. Uh, I know that this year when I was sitting there, you know, sitting on one of my 13-hour days in the in the deer stand in November, I had nine or ten longbeards walk right by me, and I didn't have a, I did not have a late season or a, a fall turkey tag, and just all I could do is watch all nine of those ropes go walking by, swinging, and I thought, all right, well, two of you boys are going to have mine and Christian's name on you coming up this this spring so yeah we got some that's if we got some gobblers there so sharon doesn't kill them all first john because she's a bit of a turkey slayer herself she is my wife is a turkey slayer and uh you know she she does like 
she does like whacking those things, which I do too. You know, I love shooting turkeys. I'm from Mississippi, which I think is, I think is part of your birthright. I, I think if you don't shoot a turkey before you're 10 in the state of Mississippi, you know, I, I'm not sure what happens, but something bad happens. So I am a turkey hunter. I do love hunting them, but I'm not avid at it. I think I'm like most of the most of the guys in the Midwest. I think they love shooting turkeys. It's an awesome way to prepare. You know, it's an awesome way to get out in the woods, get up early, get out there. You know, test out some broadheads, uh, have some really cool encounters, and. Uh, you know, it's a great time, but I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really a, like a diehard turkey caller and, and all that stuff. I think I make a lot of mistakes, Well, that's, but, but that's, I still shoot them. That's the beauty of turkey hunting. You know, you tend to have maybe a little bit more opportunities than you do on the deer. And, and if you blow a couple chances, you don't have to wake up in a cold sweat every night for the next week, you know? I don't know. I do. I, I actually get like, I get really worked up about turkeys. I don't know what it is, but for as much, as much as I've competed and as much as I've, you know, had encounters with like big game animals, if there's one thing on earth that gives me target panic, it's a turkey. Are you dead serious, John? Dude, I, if anyone ever wants to see John Dudley possibly punch a release, you put a turkey in front of me, and I'm. It's it's hard for me not to want to, you know, bruise my finger on that trigger. So, what's your theory on that? I don't know. Poultry panic. I think because when I grew up, my family down in Mississippi, and I mean, and they're avid. You know, all the Carltons down there, they're avid, avid, avid turkey hunters. But when I grew up, I mean, shooting a turkey with a bow was like, I mean, it. No one even thought it was possible. You know, we didn't have like turkey blinds in. I mean, if you if you shot a deer with a bow, you're doing. You know, people were like, "What?" You know, but shooting a turkey with a bow, just it didn't happen. And my, you know, my uncle always told me, "You cannot draw back on a turkey." There, you know, you cannot draw back on a turkey. And 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 in all fairness, you know, a Mississippi, a Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, or Georgia turkey. Now they're probably the probably the second smartest thing on the planet, aside from a Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, or Louisiana whitetail. I mean, they are some leery suckers, and they're right. You can't actually get pulled back on them. And I tried so many times, and every you know, even when you would think about pulling back, they would already see you. Yeah, because they have telepathy. They're actually reading your brain waves, John. And when you even start to think about pulling back, they're gone. They're gone. That's how, yeah, exactly. So there was actually a day when I was 11 years old. I fell asleep in the turkey woods, sleeping. I woke up, and I was sitting there kind of rubbing my eyes. And I look up, and there's like a tom, like in full strut, right, like 15 yards in front of me. And I'm just staring at this thing, and it actually, it was full strut, and there was a hen, like right in front of him. And he goes right behind one of these big, big, uh, 
like cottonwood trees that are down in the south. And when he did, I mean, he was totally behind it. And I just pulled back and I smoked this thing because it came out and I, you know, I was already a full draw and I shot him. And I mean, yeah, I mean, they couldn't believe it. No one could even believe I shot a turkey with a bow. It was, again, luck, you know, horseshoe thing. But, you know, ever since then, I've, I know, I can guarantee you right now, I've missed more turkeys with a bow than I've ever hit. Well, I'm going to confess to you something, but first I'm going to brag for a second. I, I did actually get to full draw on a long beard in Pennsylvania last year hunting from the ground that's something i've been wanting to do the last couple years and i i managed to get real close to two gobblers and even got to full draw but like there was so much brush i just needed the the bird to take a few extra steps and i never could get the shot but it can be done but yes it's very very hard and if i ever pull it off you're going to be the first guy that i call but speaking of turkeys and target panic i don't know what happened to me last spring? I was out in Kansas with Eddie Claypool, who's one of our field editors, and uh, I don't know. I kind of fell apart, man. I, it's two bird limit, you know, out there in Kansas. And the first morning, I uh, Eddie and I were in the blind, and we called in these jakes, and uh, there was like three of them, I think. And uh, Eddie had the camera going, and it was perfect, like a perfect setup, and they came right in, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and just shoot a Jake for my first bird because it's the first morning and we got these birds in right away. Let's just start it off. So I put a perfect shot on one of these Jakes and just dropped them right there. That actually, that video is up on YouTube uh, if people want to see it. It's pretty cool. And so I'm thinking, you know, that's great. You know, I got one bird down the first morning. I got the whole rest of my trip to focus on getting a nice big Kansas Longbeard. And I miss John five times in a row over the wait a minute i didn't hear about that part he (laughs) told me all about the jake part because i remember talking to you about that well i did finally (laughs) i finally killed my long beard but i missed the next day i missed a a long beard at 20 yards i like took a couple feathers off the top of his back then i hit the i then i think i hit the ground uh under one then I think I, then I missed two times at another bird, and then at the final bird that I finally ended up killing, I shot again at the ground in his feet, and he stood there like an idiot and gave me another shot. So on my seventh arrow of the trip, I stuck my second bird. Long beard. It was a big old Kansas longbeard. And it took me so long to get it done that Eddie actually had to go back home to Oklahoma. He left the last morning of my hunt. He was like, I'm going home. And he started driving <laughs> home to Oklahoma. He left me on his lease in Kansas and I had to finish the hunt all by myself because that's how bad I was that week. <laughs> so that's I'm going to try, John, I am going to try to make it a one arrow hunt when we and you are together out there well seven, let's hope seven that, that happens and we'll need to do a follow-up on this <laughs> I, have, two, I have a really good feeling that isn't gonna happen seven divided but, by yeah because two divided by seven is 20 uh, that's like 29 percent. i was like a 29 percent hit rate <laughs> i think i'm under that 
<laughs> I bet. I bet. No, so that was that was pretty bad. I mean, like I was thinking I was going to write a story about that whole thing for the magazine, but I had another hunt in Oregon last spring that I performed a lot more admirably in, and I ended up writing about that Oregon hunt for the April-May issue because I guess I didn't really want to make myself look that pathetic in, in for all of our subscribers. <laughs> well, you know what, though? The thing is, honesty is what makes people appreciate, you know, you as an editor. I know that, you know, even even me for what I do, you know, there's so many top professionals out there that would never admit to to missing targets or having target panic or, uh, you know, having problems tuning or, you know, there's just most people are not comfortable talking about that if they're on, you know, kind of that uh, – you know, I guess, educator pedestal, but, you know, that's, what's part of it. And that, you know, and, and that's why that is why I love turkey hunting. And I think that's why so many of, you know, our listeners right now, but also the readers, that's why they love turkey hunting because it's just part of that competitive nature in you. You go out there and, it doesn't always work and it just irks you and you gotta, you gotta go back and you gotta go back and, you know, and just when you think you've caught, you know, you've got one coming in, you know, it decides it wants to do something else or, you know, or it runs off and see, you know, there's just so many variables on those turkeys. It just seems like you're always that close when you're turkey hunting. It's, you know, it's like, Oh, yeah. It's an emotional oh. roller coaster because you're like, okay, you know, you're in your blind, gobblers are banging all around. You're like, you know, you call once, that thing hears you, gobbles right back. You call again, he gobbles again. And then next thing you know, all you hear is crickets for the next three hours. Like, what the crap, man? He was loving me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you got one that's coming, 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 coming. And then next thing you know, you know, some boss hand starts squawking and there he goes. And it's just, you know, that challenge is what makes it so cool for a bow hunter, you know? And, and I guess the, the ground blinds really, really have accelerated turkey hunting with a bow. I mean, that, oh, that's no just, doubt. I mean, uh, you can, you can get away with, you know, just a ton in in ground blinds i mean it was it was actually pretty comical like when eddie and i were hunting we're like you know crawling over the top of each other in there and trying to you know get around each other one guy's got the camera one guy's got the bow and you know i mean it's like playing twister in there and you could never do that you know if you weren't inside that blind there'd just be no oh way. yeah there'd just be no way and speaking of ground blinds you know we might as well spend a couple minutes here talking up your 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 local buddy there from Iowa, he uh, you got some pretty sick ground blinds for us to hunt out there, don't you? In those big ag fields. Well, he's actually uh, I use two blinds actually, but the one that you're talking about is uh, one of my old friends from Wisconsin. Oh, he's okay from and, Wisconsin. Yeah, and uh, and that's blind ambition, and it's you know it's it's kind of the realist hay bale blind you'd ever want to look at i mean it's it's literally a, a hollowed out hay bale really i mean isn't it it's it's unbelievable Basically made out of chicken wire yeah or whatever i mean you it, want to call it sure yeah it's pretty it's, sweet i mean it really is for 
there's two different applications for a ground blind, in my opinion. One, like in this area, you're either going to have your birds pitch out into these open hay fields, which, you know, is highly possible where we're at, or they're going to, you know, pitch down and be in the timber. And if they're in the timber, you know, I use that deadfall blind. That thing's like a popping brush pit. Yeah, that's pretty sweet blind, too. I've got a cough coming. <coughs> I told you, you not. To, I told you not to eat popcorn during our interview, but you had to make microwave popcorn before before we started this. I know. You better get yourself yeah. a drink, boy. I got the tickle. Hold on. <coughs> this segment of the episode brought to you by Knock On Television. I know. Sportsman Channel. There you go. Shameless plug for you, John. Are you are you better now? Yeah, hopefully you can edit that out. I'm not that's gonna, one of those I'm not, I'm not edit crazy that, tickles buddy. that never go away. I'm not editing that out because that's what you get for eating popcorn on my show. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Um, but for you know, for a lot of these hunts that are out in the pick corn fields or the hay fields. That blind ambition is just awesome. I'm hacking right now. I've got a. I'm. I'm just. I'm dried out. All right, get Heart. yourself a drink. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell these kids what these blind ambition blinds are. Basically, uh, it's like John said. It's like a giant hay bale. It's got a wire frame, and uh, these things are actually designed to pack up into. A carrying case and you can basically you know lug these things out into the field and put your own hay bale up and climb inside and they are pretty sick i had a chance to see them at the ata show uh back in january in indianapolis and uh if you hunt anywhere where there is you know big time agriculture and you got big uh you know cut hay fields or you've got um you know, cut cornfields and a lot of stubble, uh, things like that. Um, they're pretty dang cool. And if you want to learn more about them, actually, instead of listening to John, who can't really talk right now, you can see. I'm them. back. You, I'm good. Well, <laughs> you people, all the kids out there in 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 podcast land, can go to www.baleblinds. B a l e b-l-i-n-d-s dot com and you can see the different models that they have and you can see how cool they look and yeah i have a feeling i'm gonna like combine one of those blinds with a sharp broadhead and a and a and a hoyt maxis and do some damage on the local turkey population out there i hope so i hope so Uh, you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell you right now uh Turkey hunting with a ground blind is one only way to go. But the other thing, too, is I think a lot of people, and I've done this many times, make the mistake of not actually preparing to shoot from a chair. You know, they go out there and, you know, they just spend their practice time for, you know, standing up and shooting at a turkey 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. But, I mean, realistically... Whether you're hunting from a blind or if you're trying to kill them from the ground, I mean, Christian, is there any time where we're going to stand up and be able to get square to the target and shoot? Yeah, I usually have to stand up and adjust myself and everything, and then I 
and then I get ready and then I line it all up and then I take my shot. So the birds out your way, they, they, they definitely stand still long enough for me to do all that, right? You said it was going to be easy. Well, I'm going to, it might happen that way, but I'm just going to, just in case it doesn't, you definitely need to practice shooting from a seated position. Oh, man. That's important. What, what should I be doing? How should I be doing that, Dud? Well, I think with anybody, well, there's two things. One, you know, you want to always, whenever you're in a blind or, or shooting from a seated position, just pretend like, you know, almost like you're in a tree stand. You should always at least try to, you know, try to get your body square with that target or at least get your knees square with that target so that, you know, you're able to, to not be shooting across your body. Because if your body, you know, we talked about this on one of the, you know, the Peterson's on target tips, but anytime your your feet are not, you know, in line with that target, then it actually changes your shoulder, your front shoulder position, which, you know, if you're, say you have a closed stance, which means for a right-handed shooter, like your left foot would be further forward than your back foot. That'd be a closed stance. And what happens there is you actually, since you're shooting almost across your body, your left chest starts to come closer towards the bow and your left arm starts coming closer to the string. And, you know, if you hit your arm with your bowstring, it majorly influences where that where that arrow is going to go. So mm-hmm. I mean, especially on a turkey or a target as small as a turkey, you know, if you end up just hitting your arm a little bit because you know because you weren't getting yourself square to that turkey, um, then you're going to end up missing that bird. And likewise, if your stance is closed, meaning you know if you're a right-handed shooter, your left foot would be further back. Um, if you get too, too closed or too open, I should say like that, then, you know, it actually makes your draw length appear like it's longer because, you know, you're, you're virtually making your, your extension shorter because you're close, you know, you're, you're making your body smaller. So, you know, you always got to look down at your feet or look down at your knees first and make sure you're, you know, square with that target so that when you pull back, you know, everything is going to fit the same as you would if you were standing on your feet. And then the other thing too is, you know, use the back of your, your feet when you're in a kneeling or, you know, in an, in a seated or in a kneeling position, you know, make sure your feet are still solid to that ground so that you can at least, you know, be stable. Cause if you're not stable on your feet, then your brain is definitely not going to be stable and neither is your front arm. So, you know, I guess that's some, some quick pointers just from a shootability point of view. You know, if you're going to be hunting from a ground blind, either practice, you know, pop that thing up in the yard and practice shooting out of it, whether you're shooting from your, from your knees or whether you're shooting from a, from a chair. A lot of these, uh, there's some, I don't know if you saw at the show, but there's actually some pretty dang cool, uh, oh, you that, know, yeah, that, that new that new swivel seat from S4 gear is like sick, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any of those? Uh, I mean, there's I know there's a couple different people making adjustable chairs, but I mean that those are great because, like my wife Sharon, I mean she's what five foot five two or something. So 
if she's sitting in a chair, I mean, her arrow won't even clear most of these windows. Oh, and I, yeah, and I absolutely got to, like, throw in a plug on that, too, because when I was at my uh, turkey hunt in Oregon last year, John, I got a call. I was actually had just gotten out to Eugene, and I stayed in a hotel there in town the first night, and then we we went out to the hunting area the next afternoon, and I was actually driving over... uh, in town there and my phone rang it was one of my buddies from back home in pennsylvania and he was calling to basically tell me his sob story because he had just called in like a big stud gobbler and he was uh sitting in there with his bow and his rage broadheads that i gave him and he like draws back on this gobbler and uh lets the arrow go and right into the side of the blind and like you know the blades deploy he puts a big gash in his blind and the arrow goes you know flying off wherever and the bird runs off because he didn't even think about it when he got in there like just set up his chair set up his blind and like just forgot all about making sure that he was high enough you know like that his arrow was going to clear the window when he was ready so absolutely so second part of that story real quick john because i know you got more sage advice for us Next morning, I'm out in Oregon. This uh, outfitter takes me out to this field. He had this uh, Ameristep blind set up in this tree line, and he tells me where these birds are roosting and stuff and leaves me there. So I sit down in the chair, and what's the first thing I do? I got to check and see. So I draw back, and lo and behold, my arrow's like three, four inches below the edge of the window. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I just looked down, my backpack sitting down there on the floor of the blind, threw that backpack on the chair, sat on top of my backpack, drew back, perfect. 20 minutes later, (laughs) call a gobbler in, whack, my hunt's over like before 30 minutes of daylight. And I called my buddy Bob back home and I was like, hey buddy, you get an assist on this bird because if it wasn't for you yesterday, I might have put that arrow right through the blind. So it pays to pay attention. Exactly. I mean, and I think that's really common. I know I've done it before, and and uh, and I'm sure there's tons of people that have done it. And these new chairs that have adjustability are ideal. I mean, they really, really, really are. There's, you know, like I said, I know that there's actually a couple different uh, ones out there. But you know, take make sure if you're setting up your 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 turkey blind a lot of guys go out there and get them all set up and leave them you know make sure you pick a chair that you know when you sit down in there you're not going to be shooting the bottom of your window because because uh, yeah, those I nice little that would... folding camp chairs that are so comfortable to nap in inside those blinds they're not very high nope. <laughs> that's what i've discovered nope. and uh nope. and and for the folks who like maybe like I did, like I started to glaze over a little bit when you were giving me all your tech tips on how to shoot sitting down because you started talking about my chest and my my arm getting close to the string and everything. And I, I started to like daydream a little bit that mm-hmm. John has a really cool on target video on bowhuntingmag.com, which is the Peterson's bowhunting website. If you go there and you like find John's on target videos, he's got a segment called by the seat of your pants and it's all about how to shoot well from a seated position and it's two minutes and 39 seconds. And it's probably a lot easier to understand, you know, some of that stuff you were saying, not that, not that people won't understand it, but 
you know, if they want to actually see it and demonstrate yeah. it. I mean, that's a great two and a half minute video for people to get some tips if they're getting ready for turkey season coming up here. Yep, for sure. Well, we're going to, we are definitely going to have a good time here. And, you know, there's a, I think if, if we don't get something that just comes flying right in and, you know, giving you three or four shots, then there's always, you know, we can put the Mohican sneaking on because I, you know, ambushing a turkey is, are you, are you allowed, are you allowed to stalk turkeys in Iowa? Cause you know, in Pennsylvania, it's actually illegal to stalk turkeys. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to read my regulations and make sure that 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 isn't you know if it's not allowed in Iowa. But uh, we'll definitely. I mean, if they're not calling, then you know you can't. I'm, I guess that's amazing to me. You can't actually. That'd be a pretty big gray line there, but. Well, it's because there's so many turkey hunters in Pennsylvania. There's like. We have like 250,000 turkey hunters. and So it's just a safety it's issue. It's a safety thing because too many guys, what happens is, and of course we don't have a separate archery season either, John. We have just a combined season. So every year there's like three or four guys that end up getting pelted. I shouldn't even laugh. I mean, it's just bad. But you know what happens is somebody's got a decoy set up or and they're calling and then some other guy who's hunting in the same area starts stalking the guy who's calling, you know, and ends up seeing seeing a little bit of movement through the bushes and he's like, "Pow!" And then you're like, "Dude, you just shot me in the head." It's not good. So that's why you can't stalk turkeys in PA. Well, it's kind of scary. Well, I'll, we'll check the we'll check the reservation or the you know the regulations. <laughs> you check you, but... check you check with the chief on the reservation, <laughs> buddy, and we'll find out if we can do that or not. Um, yep. Yeah. So, but you guys have an archery only season, and that I feel I always feel a lot safer when I'm hunting in the archery only season. That's just one of many reasons to love the the knock and roll lifestyle is that you don't have to worry about getting shot. It's always a bonus. Oh, yeah. I love it when I don't get shot, John. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, dude. I, haven't, I haven't done it yet, but I haven't shot anybody yet. But, you know, I guess anything can happen. It's never too late. It'll make for a good story, I think, if I accidentally poke you or something. It's never too late. So the bottom line is, if if you don't see me, if you don't see me killing something, like on Knock on TV sometime in 2011, like if you don't see me killing a turkey there, that means that it probably didn't go well with John out in Iowa because if I go out there and make a fool out of myself, I'm definitely not having you back as a guest, and I'm never going to tell anybody, John. So, so yeah, people, well, people will just have to watch the show and find out. Don't worry. You, you definitely, uh, I think we're going to have a, a good success story. I think we're going to. I think we'll be okay with it. Oh, I think it's going to be a good time, and I think it's going to be go real well. And and actually, I'm hoping that uh, you know if I can hold up my end of the bargain and get my bird out of the way, and then I can watch you and Sharon hunt for a couple of days and entertain myself that way. So it could could work out real well, and hopefully we'll we'll be like eating turkey tenders and and drinking wine around the the uh, Dudley dinner table. That'll be a given. <laughs> we can always buy a butterball for 
a lot for a lot, for a lot less, less than two hundred and thirty six dollars and like twenty five cents or whatever it cost me. But you know what? Yep. If anyone from the from the you know Iowa Game and Fish is listening, I just want you to to know that you know I'm so happy to support your fine wildlife management programs. And, uh, oh yeah, and I am too. So they, they definitely the thing is the quality of Iowa is uh, is notorious, and you know the thing is people aren't afraid to pay it. That's right. And it's the, it's the it free makes the hunting system. very 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 good. You know, whether it's for deer or for turkeys, we've got we've got as good a stuff here as anywhere else in the world and, and probably a lot better opportunities at it. So, you know, it's uh it's definitely well worth it. It all it all goes to something for a reason, so Yeah. Well good stuff, John. So uh I guess we ought to wrap it up here. We're probably at about 40 minutes or so and and that's probably about as much of us as anybody can take for today and uh oh, yeah. if, if there is anybody that's you know really still hungering and thirsting for more you can check out uh knock on tv friday nights on the sportsman channel at 9 p.m right what what other times are you on john um oh man i i can look it up here oh. they uh the good thing about it is I guess the show has gotten some some really good feedback, so they're actually giving us a bunch of bonus airings right now. But you know, kind of the so the, just check your local listings for when knock on because you never know. Basically, that's what you're saying. It could pop up at any random time, but definitely at well, nine, nine o'clock on full draw Fridays, right? Yeah, nine o'clock on full draw Fridays. Let's see, two p.m. on Thursdays. And this is Central Time. Central Time, 9 on Fridays, 2 on Thursdays, and 12.30 a.m. for all you late shifters on Tuesdays. But I know that it plays Tuesday, Wednesday. Actually, I think it plays Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I think it plays every day during the middle of the week at some point. But the Friday night full draw, that's that's got a pretty darn good block, though, not just knock on it's got some other really good shows on there too so that's kind of the time to to chill that's right that's where it's at and you can get on bowhuntingmag.com and check out john's video and keep on reading your peterson's bowhunting magazine because dud did they did a good story for us last year on releases and i got a i've been sitting on a nice story about taking better trophy photos and and actually you're going to be doing your commando deer hunting story for me coming up this fall so i'm oh, yeah. really looking forward to that and he is gonna dudley is gonna be give me his zen master secrets to stealth <laughs> stealth deer hunting and no doubt the end of that saga will have me kneeling over a boone and crockett box so I or follow wait. us on facebook because we're always uh we're always trying to oh, post yeah. fun yeah, another on you can follow the knock and rollers. You can follow the Petersons bow hunters. We're there. We're we're Facebookers. Are you a Twitter or er Because I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm not, but you yeah, need, I guess you need to get on Twitter, dude. Up. If you're not giving the tweets, you're not <laughs> you're not keeping in touch with the peeps. The peeps want to see your tweets. <laughs> so well, well, I'm at I'm at bow hunting mag for you Twitter people. Anyhow, John, it uh, it was great, and we've rambled on long enough, but. Uh, Listen, man, I'm looking forward to getting with you and Sharon 
and Harry in a couple months and uh, seeing your new place in the Midwest, then uh, it's going to be a great time. So thanks for inviting me out, and uh, congrats on the new show. And, uh, yeah, we'll and good luck, you. everybody. Yeah, shoot good a, luck. Shoot a turkey. <laughs> you got uh, it. Don't, don't let us psych you out too bad. It, it definitely is a lot easier than we made it out to sound. But uh, go out and get one, and thanks for, thanks for the support for sure. I really appreciate it. All right, dude. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio, presented by Easton's Hard Hitting Access Arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on newsstands now.